Welcome to Truth Time, where you'll get a shot of the truth with no chaser. You're listening to Truth Time Radio on 1490 AM, the talk of Chattanooga, and 97.7 FM, Hot Country, Jackson, Ohio. And we're streaming coast to coast and around the world at truthtimeradio.com. And now your Truth Time host, Trey Searcy. Today's Truth Time quote is from Winston Churchill. Men stumble over the truth from time to time, but most pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing ever happened. Okay, I want to start by looking at the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 31 and 32. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Verse 32. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. Now, stop right there. Question. Why would the twelve who followed Jesus for three and a half years not understand what he said to them? He simply said, he'll be delivered into the hands of men, they'll kill him, and he'll rise on the third day. Why could they not understand this prophecy? Why could they not understand this simple truth? Well, instead of guessing, let's just do what we're told to do and compare scripture with scripture. Not preacher to preacher, or commentary to commentary, but scripture with scripture. Look with me in Luke chapter 9, verse 45. But they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them, that they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of that saying. So back to my question, why could they not understand him? There's your answer. It was hid from them. Paul called what he received from the Lord, what he preached, the revelation of the mystery. In Romans 16.25, Paul wrote this, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the, now here it is, don't miss it, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. You know, there's so much to learn from just this verse alone. First of all, we see that believers need to be established, stabilized. Secondly, we learn what it is that makes us stable. Paul says, my gospel will make you stable. What is your gospel, Paul? Isn't it the same as everyone else's? I've always heard there's only one gospel. Paul says no. My gospel is the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Well, isn't that the same gospel that Jesus taught to Peter, James, John and the boys back there in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John? No, it's not. My gospel was kept secret since the world began, but is now made manifest. So by a careful study of scriptures, we can see that the information hid from Peter, James, John, and the rest of the twelve back there in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was later revealed to our apostle, and he then wrote 13 books to us to explain this revelation. Now you and I need not to be nebulous in our understanding, 
This information that was once hid, kept secret, has now been revealed in the letters of Paul. Now I'm not certain why this is hard for some to understand. I guess it's the old tradition over truth syndrome. But it would serve them well to acknowledge that in their pridefulness, they thought they could merit God's favor by their own good behavior, by doing good works, by doing good, by attempting to keep the commandments, and so forth. They've come to this conclusion by reading Matthew through John as if it were their instructions for salvation, when in fact, these are the books written to Jews containing Jewish doctrine. Oh, we can go there and find great spiritual application, but our doctrine's not there. If our doctrine was back there, then there would have been no need for Christ to pay a visit to Paul on the road to Damascus. Of course, Saul later became Paul, and Paul's gospel will knock you off your high horse real quick. In Romans 11:6, he tells you this, If by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Please get this. Paul said that salvation now is by grace alone, and no more of works. For him to say no more of works certainly implies that it once was of works. And of course, that's what the Bible says. Remember, the rich young ruler came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, and he asked, What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus responded by telling him to do works. He told him to keep the commandments and sell everything he owned. Now that's not your doctrine. And if it is, you're in deep trouble. If you think that you can mix even one work with God's grace to save you, you'll remain lost. Grace and works are now mutually exclusive. You may go to church, read your Bible, buy a Christian bumper sticker and pray three times a day, but you're lost. Salvation can only be obtained in this dispensation of grace by grace alone, in Christ alone, without any works of any kind at any time. Now I'm not talking about working after you're saved. I'm talking about mixing even one work to be saved. This is what's being taught in most of Christendom today. Just turn on the radio, turn on your television, listen to most denominational preachers, you're getting a faith plus works for salvation message. And that's not the message for today. It's faith alone. The works come after. Just one human work mixed with God's pure grace will do nothing but make you a lost believer. A believer who has sincerely believed the wrong thing. 1 Corinthians 1.29 says, No flesh will glory in his presence. And verse 30 says that the saved are sanctified, made righteous, and have been redeemed. And the reason no flesh will glory in his presence is we have nothing to offer, nothing to brag about. This verse is in harmony with Ephesians 2.9, where Paul tells us that salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast, should brag. Now, over the past 25 plus years, I've had countless people boast and tell me that yes they believe that Christ died for their sins but they say you've got to confess your sins and ask him to forgive you well that tells me that they really don't believe that Christ died for their sins what they really believe is that he died for some part of their sins they're in direct violation of the gospel of grace 
Paul said salvation is no more of works. And if being saved had anything to do with you, you would have something to boast about. Well, that's just what you're doing when you tell someone that you confess your sins and you ask forgiveness to be saved. Did you hear the you? I heard it twice. And you are not in the salvation equation. After being in religion for so long, it's hard for many to understand and grasp one very important truth. It was hard for me. Listen closely. At the moment you trust in the gospel of your salvation, God imputes his righteousness to your account. He does it at the very moment you truly trust him. 100% you've given it up and you realize you're no longer in charge of your salvation. If you go to hell, it's his fault. When you do that, at that moment, his imputed righteousness goes into your account. Ephesians 1.13 could not be any clearer. If you miss heaven, you have no excuse. This verse is such a beautiful gift from God. It makes it clear enough for a child to get. God would rather die than to see you go to hell. Here is where Paul tells us that after we hear the gospel, if we believe it, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Folks, that's awesome. After hearing and believing the gospel, the good news, you're justified. You didn't earn it. You were made justified by Him. It didn't cost you anything. Oh, it cost Him everything, but it cost you nothing. It's a free gift. Don't believe me, this is far too important to do that. Dig in your heels. Get into the Bible and discover these truths for yourself. Romans chapter 3 verse 24. Now listen closely. Being justified, what's the next word? Freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. If you're saved, you are made justified freely by His grace. It's a free gift. Now, drop down just four verses to Romans 3, 28. There, you'll see that we're justified by faith without any deeds, not even one. Did we not just read this in Ephesians 1.13? You hear the gospel, believe the gospel, and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit? Where are the deeds, folks? Where are they? Oh, you'll hear them from the pulpit, but where are they here, in the verses? In this dispensation of grace, Romans through Philemon, there's no works to be saved. There's no works to be saved or to stay saved, not even one. Read this stuff. Stop comparing preacher to preacher and start comparing scripture with scripture. Romans 5.18 Therefore, as by the offense of one, now who's the one? That's Adam. Keep reading. Judgment came upon all men to condemnation. So we've all been condemned since the garden. Keep reading. Even so, by the righteousness of one, now who's the righteous one being spoken of here? Correct, Jesus. Read on. The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So back to what I said earlier. At the moment you trust in the gospel of your salvation, God himself imputes his righteousness to your account. And you did nothing to earn it. It's a free gift. In this, the dispensation of the grace of God, salvation cannot be attained by anything you can do. Christ did it, and you must believe it. 
Just fully trust that what he accomplished on Calvary's cross is enough to save you. Look with me in Romans chapter 6, verse 18. You've been religiized in your denominational church for so long, you've never ever really heard the unadulterated pure gospel of the grace of God. Well, you're hearing it now. Romans 6.18 Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. Did you hear that? No, I mean really hear that. Let's read it again. Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. Did you get it that time? The religious world has it backwards. You don't become servants of righteousness to be made free from sin. You're made free from sin so that you can become a servant of righteousness. You've been reading that verse backwards. Look at the verse again. You were made free from sin. How did that happen? Christ died for all your sin, past, present, and future. If he had only died for some, part, or most of your sins, Paul would have been lying to us here. You cannot be made free from sin if there's still unforgiven sin. All sin was dealt with at the cross. And the folks that will die unsaved are the ones who don't believe it. He makes us righteous. We're made, M-A-D-E, made righteous because of what Christ did on our behalf. It's not by any works that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Look at Romans 8.2. In Romans 8.2, we read, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Freely given, freely given, freely given. You need to get this. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. And now here's some more evidence. Look at the very next verse, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us, ah, there's that word again, free, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Are you under the spirit of yoke and bondage? It's out there. It's all around us. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Now, who did Paul just say redeemed us? Correct. Christ did. But someone has you thinking that you're redeeming yourself, having missed Paul's gospel. Titus 2.14 who gave himself for us, that he might, what? What's that word? Redeem us from all iniquity. Now don't miss this next part. Let's read on. The last part of the verse says this, And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So who redeemed you? Christ did. How did he do it? By giving himself for you. What did he redeem you from? All, A-double-L, all iniquity. Your sin will no longer show up in your account. It's been wiped clean. Why did he do that? To make you a pure, peculiar ambassador that's zealous of good works. You see, we don't try to live righteously to attain righteousness. 
We try to live righteously because we are righteous. We were made righteous in the sight of God. How? By what Christ did on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Why? So that we would be made the righteousness of God in Him. We don't do any works to attain salvation. We do works because we already have salvation. We're already saved. Oh, this truth is pure, perfect, and holy. But you know what? You have to go to Paul's letters to find it. Because according to Colossians 1.26, Paul's mystery truth was hid from ages and from generations, not revealed prior to the Lord Jesus Christ, revealing it to and through Paul. Paul's truth was unsearchable. That's right, you can read your Bible backwards and forwards for the next three years, and you're still not going to find the revelation of the mystery that Christ revealed to Paul anywhere outside of his own letters, Romans through Philemon, period. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.8, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, in this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Did you get that? You can search through all the books prior to Paul's letters and all the books following his letters, but you're not going to find those unsearchable riches. Why? Because they're not there. That's what makes them unsearchable. I leave you with a beautiful song from the Rochesters. I'm Trey Searcy, and now you know the truth. From a distance he'd be watching me And I guess somehow he knew That in my heart I long to be like him In time the closer we became The more it seemed I grew I'd fall He'd pick me up and I'd try again He loves me even when I do The things I shouldn't do And when I fail to do the things I should I've heard it said love is blind and I've come to know it's true cause he forgets the bad and remembers all the good in my father's eyes there's no wrong I've done in my father's eyes He must see someone I can't see And it makes me want to try To be like the sun that's in my father's eyes And when this life is over 
my last trial I've gone through will be worth it all to hear him say well done and maybe then I'll understand just what he saw in me but I'm sure I'll find he was blinded by the sun There's no wrong I've done in my father's eyes. I am the perfect son. He must see someone I can't see, and it makes me want to try to be like the sun. That's in my father's eyes He must see someone I can't see And it makes me want to try To be like the sun That's in my father's eyes A Bible question? Call 706-861-0800 or toll-free 1-888-988-9562. Email us at truthtimeradio.com. I'm going to tell you something, Flacca, and I want you to listen tight. It may sound like I'm talking about me, but I'm not. I'm talking about you. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about all people everywhere. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. It seems like you had up my life, and I spent it all either stomping other men or, in some cases, getting stomped. Had me some money and had me some medals. None of it seemed a lifetime worth the pain of the mother that bore me. It was like I was empty. Well, I'm not empty anymore. That's what's important. To feel useful in this old world. To hit a lick against what's wrong or to say a word for what's right, even though you get walloped for saying that word. Now, I may sound like a Bible beater yelling up a revival at a river crossing camp meeting, but that don't change the truth none. There's right and there's wrong. You gotta do one or the other. You do the one and you're living. You do the other and you may be walking around, but you're dead as a beaver hat.
case you hadn't realized it has somehow become uncool to sound like you know what you're talking about? <laughs> or believe strongly in what you're, like, saying? Invisible question marks and parenthetical you knows and you know what I'm saying's have been attaching themselves to the ends of our sentences, even when those sentences aren't, like, questions. <laughs> Declarative sentences, so-called because they used to, like, you know, declare things to be true, okay, as opposed to other things that are, like, totally, you know, not. <laughs> They've been infected by this tragically cool and totally hip interrogative tone. As if I'm saying, don't think I'm a nerd just because I've like noticed this, okay? I have nothing personally invested in my own opinions. I'm just like inviting you to join me on the bandwagon of my own uncertainty. <laughs> to our conviction. Where are the limbs out on which we once walked? Have they been like chopped down with the rest of the rainforest? You know? Or do we have like nothing to say? Has society just become so filled with these conflicting feelings of yeah? that we've just gotten to the point where we're the most aggressively inarticulate generation to come along since, you know, a long time ago. So I implore you, I entreat you, and I challenge you to speak with conviction. To say what you believe in a manner that bespeaks the determination with which you believe it. Because contrary to the wisdom of the bumper sticker, it is not enough these days to simply question authority. You gotta speak with it, too. Here at Truth Time Radio, it's our primary objective to present complete and well-researched Bible facts. Our carefully studied material will lead you to the truth, enabling you to become awake, aware, alive, and active. Most of mainstream teaching is influenced and filtered according to headquarters and denominational interests. In other words, their gospel presentation is biased. Truth Time will help you cut through all the bias misinformation. It's our endeavor to maintain objectivity while presenting only the facts, leaving it up to you to decide for yourself. Truth Time Radio, coast to coast and around the world at truthtimeradio.com. We're gonna break.